Hello and welcome to For What It's Earth, the nature, environment, climate change podcast that has a look at some of the big issues that we face in the world and we ask, you know, is there anything that you and I can do just to try and save the planet a little bit? I'm Emma. I'm Lloyd um, and the answer to that question is usually yes. Usually yes. Uh, Especially this week because we're talking about DIY, interior design, you know, a little bit of painting, a little bit of uh, building, yeah, windows, doors, some some roofs, some floors. Some, yeah. I haven't, we haven't come up with a snappy title for it yet, but basically this is how to make renovating or redecorating your home not so bad for the planet. By still keeping it DI fly. (gasps) Oh my word. DI, yeah, fair enough. You win. All right. I I think I'm going to translate it. That was pretty terrible, but also quite impressive. Um, Let's see what what one good thing have you done this week, Lloyd? Let's let's I'll kick get off right with into our, no, our regular no, segment. No hanging around this week. My one good thing, thank you for asking, is uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, my partner and I are expecting. <gasps> we're announcing it. A child, that not is. we. You're announcing um, this. No, not you know. Yeah, we're, we're pod baby. A, a child, like a smaller human than myself. I'm so excited for you, honestly. I'm so excited. You better be because uh, you'll be babysitting. I'm. I'm. Any child of yours and Brian's is going to be wonderful, and it's going to be the most eco little child, and it's going to be great. I'm super excited. That's Listen, really sweet. The look of fear and excitement on Lloyd's face right now is such a picture. But can we all send him like good, good, good vibes and good tips for eco parenting? Oh, please do. Yeah, please. And that's actually an episode we want to do in the future anyway. Um, I think we mentioned mm. it ages ago. We did, um, and we sort but of now you've got skin in the game. The last couple of months, haven't we? Because we sort of knew it'd become more relevant. Yeah, it's just quite funny because suddenly I'm just like, "What do you do? Like, where do you start? Mm. Like, once you have like the little flesh bag in your hands, like what flesh bag? <laughs> what do you flesh do? With it? <laughs> your, your baby is one day potentially might listen to this. And well, just we called it a flesh bag. We've been referring to it as squid for many months um that's cuter though because it looks As like a marine squid. biologist yeah squid, and also it's a really cute name for your for your unborn child also because in that scene in men in black um the original men in black when will smith helps a woman give birth and it turns out it's an alien woman and that she gives birth to like a squid and he goes congratulations it's a squid <laughs> um <laughs> and it like uh, sticks to his face and like tries to eat him and stuff um, well, with any luck, the birthing process will go significantly more smoothly than that. If the baby doesn't try to eat my face, consider it a success. <laughs> well, so hang on, what's what's your one good thing? Is your one good thing that you're bringing a new eco baby into the world? Oh yeah, that's how we start this conversation. Yeah, so um, no, that's not one good thing. Um, well, that is a very good thing. It, it is a good thing um, for me personally. But my one good thing is that we ordered uh, some nappies. Mm. Now, I think ages ago... I can't remember which episode this was in, but we did talk about the fact that many councils in the UK will give you vouchers for um, uh, reusable nappies. Mm. Um, we didn't want to use that voucher for the very first sort of set of nappies when they're so small because they grow so quickly and you sort of get through so many changes. 
So we we are going to use that voucher, but slightly later on. But for the sort of first set, you know, this first like couple of months. The newborn. We we have bought disposables, I know. But um, we bought from a website called Kit and Kin. And they're, um, (laughs) bizarrely, I've I've just looked this up. They were founded by Emma Bunton, you know, from the Spice Girls. (gasps) No way. Yeah. Um, Baby Spice. Um, oh, here we go. I see I see the link now. Yeah. I see the link. The plastic-free, um, made from very sustainable materials, and they give a lot of money to the World Land Trust, um, which sort of helps rainforest conservation and stuff. So they're quite nice. And to top things off, they've got cute little um, <laughs> prints of animals on the butt. So it's like oh. an owl or like a mouse and stuff. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to see that. Um, but also, just to touch on your point there, you kind of looked at me with a bit of shock when you said, oh, I've bought disposable ones. Um, I am so... I'm pro-disposable for new... Like, so many of my friends that have had babies have expressed how intensely hard it is, A, to have a child, and B, to keep it clean and well, yeah, dry and nappy constantly like, for those first months. couple of months when you're struggling and figuring out what life is and you presume it's changing like 10 times a day at least yeah um don't don't put that pressure on yourself if you don't if you don't want it you don't need it exactly exactly and that's brilliant that there's options so we're going to sit on that sort of uh i think swansea council where i live gives a hundred pounds towards um well you can get a couple with that can't you yes you can do pretty well Nice. Okay, mine is... Um, so what's your one good thing? Mine is far less impressive. I have no big life milestones to share. Um, I have been using... Um, so like down down my road um, or down a couple of roads around us, there are lots of these little like mini book libraries popping up. Yeah. And it's and I, this is something I'm slightly... You know, I feel a bit odd about it because I... I really want to support local bookshops and I really want to support authors who have spent a very long time writing a book. But also I really like the fact that there's this community hub and there's this idea of neighbourhood swapping and connecting and uh, just looking after each other and sharing books and ideas uh, in in and around my neighbourhood. So I've been taking books and I've been putting books in and I just really like it. And I think that the more we get used to this kind of way of things, the better off we might be particularly with things like growing food and helping each other out and you know secondhand stuff which is a big part of today's episode so very wholesome and cozy it is it is and you never know you never know what you're going to find as well with the books it's a real it's a real potluck what what, what's your best find oh so recently i read the salt path which is so good it's this book uh, welcome to the new section called reading with emma and lloyd um it's called the salt path it's about this couple who kind of lose everything and um they start walking the southwest coast path um around cornwall and devon and it's so good and instantly finished it gave it to my partner i was like we're gonna walk the southwest coast path anyway i found the sequel to it or her next book in it this week yeah very exciting well, what's the very exciting please? The Wild Silence. Hmm. Hmm. Not sure what it's about. Haven't mysterious. actually opened it yet. But what's your sorry on a it. on a book theme? What's your opinion off the top of your head on e-readers versus physical books? I am a die-hard physical book hmm. fan. Um, I can understand the usefulness of having an e-reader and having loads and loads of books at your fingertips, and you know maybe they're being less 
waste produced in terms of resources? I don't know, because you've got to think about like batteries and make it and the electricity. Yeah, it'll be interesting really to know. do a little feature, see if we can compare what the footprint yeah, is, because that must have been out. calculated before. Yeah, just, just find to that try out. to weigh it up, because I want to read more books again. Mm. Um, I sort of, I feel like having an e-reader and having all that at my fingertips would make, make me more inclined do you reckon? To do it, yeah. You can curl up by the fire with your Kindle. Yeah. But then or I also think other, I should just go down the library. Available. I don't know. I do just love an actual book. And also, actually, do you know what, listeners, if you'd like us to talk about books, let us know because I feel like this could be quite an interesting Within the context runner. of sustainability. I mean, if yeah. you want us to have like a spin-off podcast, please. Book club. Yeah. Monthly book club. Because um, I don't want to lie, we're, we're being sent books these days to read. By PR agencies because we're big deals now. She says frantically holding up a book, literally at the, waving the a book at the camera, which I haven't read yet. But somebody chased me to ask if I'd read this morning. Um, yeah, so so if if you if you all are you know big eco readers and nature readers, maybe we should all gather some thoughts and ser- share suggestions and stuff. Yeah. So let, honestly, let us know if that'd be something you'd be up for. And, and please let me know whether you use an e-reader or physical books, and which one you prefer. Yeah. Um, anyway, should we? Um, should we get on with the topic? Because I think yeah, we've been talking for like 10 minutes and we haven't even once mentioned home renovation. <laughs> I think it's because it's it's something that strikes fear into our own hearts because we're both in the middle of our own home renovations. Yes. This, this has been, let's be honest, this topic has been on the cards for a very long time yeah. without us really daring to go into it because it does feel a bit too bringing your work home with you kind of situation. So this you know? is part podcast. Part therapy part session. therapy session. Because we need to offload. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, so we're going to focus on a lot of like home renovation and big stuff. But some of it, you know, could be applied if you were maybe building your own home or if you're renovating like us, we're both doing quite big works. But we realise it's actually a really quite privileged position to be speaking from because we yeah. have our own homes and can be smashing up a wall and things. Um, but we have... You know, obviously both lived in shared houses and lived with our parents. But so we want to, we want there to be things in this episode as well, which are also relevant, which are still under your control if you are renting a house or you are house sharing or living with your parents and stuff. Absolutely. So, so bear with. And if if you live in a cave and don't want to do any of those things, then just come along for the ride. Yeah, it's always good fun. I mean, I will say as well that this episode was harder than I thought it would be. Because for so many topics, you can just like stick into Google and get started, like a jumping off point. Mm. Because a lot of people would have already collated good lists of, you know, other websites to look at or other resources at companies. This was a lot, like, surprisingly difficult. I thought with like the DIY boom that's happened in the last couple of years with people stuck at home, mm. this would have already been like, you know, a very easy to find resource for like a very frequently asked question online. And yeah. I just really struggled to just start looking for tips and yeah. sort of cl- collated suggestions. Yeah, it felt to me like a lot of the stuff you could find was like either you are building your new home, an eco home from scratch. With your bare and you're going to make it out of yeah. like mud and have all of these crazy technologies to help with like heat capture and stuff. Yeah, or like it was like grand how designs to... level stuff. Oh, I love grand design. <laughs> Um, tell you what's a good like, show sorry just ooh. to interrupt your thought process entirely and derail that entire, like, no, completely take it it's gone um, I've lost it it's a show called um, Old Houses New Homes ooh I don't know but it's it sounds good. a bit like Kirsty and Phil's love it or list it and therefore I am there it's fantastic sorry you you, you carry on with that thought process <laughs> um, yeah no so it was either that or it was like okay how to make your home more green and the options were like 
stop using plastic and go buy refillable shampoo and have showers for like slightly less amount of time and stuff. And I think one of the reasons for, and I could be wrong, but I think one of the reasons for this being the way that we look at home renovation is because we all, because it's so expensive, the main thing that people often look through the lens of when they're trying to renovate a home is how can I make it cheaper? And how can and I make what, it quicker? What hacks can I do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how can I make it quicker? How fast yeah. can I complete Rather than this nightmare? How can I put the environment at the front and centre? So although you and I, I think, have been trying or have been trying to consider the environment and everything we do, and certainly myself and my partner Mark have been, it's it we've noticed it's such a trade-off between we really want to make the most sustainable decision, but often we can't afford it, or it just would yeah. mean the compromise would be we can't do everything else as well because we spent all of our money on whatever it is that we quite fancy but totally can't afford yes so we had a chat before we started recording and we couldn't decide how to structure this episode right mm. so emma's got a metaphorical wheel she's going to spin <laughs> and she's going to come up with a random category so like do we do this room by room do we talk about like general themes it's quite hard isn't it it's quite hard to figure out a structure but the nice thing is the way that we normally structure our, our conversations is we talk about the problems and then at the end we find solutions that people can yeah. try and bring into their own lives. But this entire thing is solutions. Yeah, exactly. This, so this is how I'm seeing it. It's like one big conclusion. Because we know what the problem <laughs> so is. The problem is hopefully it's useful. wastage mm. primarily. It's about... Um, Resources, heat, electricity, water. Re- yeah, it's about choosing materials that are sustainably sourced. Like, for example, mm. wood. It's about choosing for example like paints that are chemical free that sort of thing so there are sort of very consistent themes all the way through which Mm. um i invite you to spot yourselves yeah and you know it's going to be a nice journey through both of our own journeys through home renovation you're i'm sure we'll be getting loads of anecdotes should we set a bit of context do you want to to just say very briefly what we've been done should we lay out our home renovation credentials quickly because yeah. we're both we're both in fairly similar situations. I'm I'm a, we're a bit behind you. You guys have done a bit more, but overall we've both got little terraced houses that we're essentially gutting and redoing. Right? Yes, it's been ongoing. Um, we've uh, redone the bathroom, been redoing the kitchen for for, for many many months. Um, like laying new pipe, well not me personally, but laying new pipe work and concreting over and uh, doing all sorts. Um, new decking at the back. Um, Upstairs, we were um, having plastering done and painting and stuff, and we camped out in the spare bedroom, and then lockdown hit, and suddenly you couldn't get the plasters or the painters back, so we had to sort of do what we could to finish up and move in. Um, So we're pretty much doing everything, Um, but we are approaching the end game with the kitchen. Yay, and it does look good. You've got a a great looking kitchen. That is no thanks to me. That is all thanks to my uh, partner, Bryony, who, despite being pregnant, will still build an Ikea cabinet and you cannot stop her. She will keep going. Um, Emma's seen the Instagram videos from early on where she was uh, hacking away at the tiles in the the bathroom (laughs) while I brought cups of tea. She's very hands-on. She's she's impressive. She loves it. She's quite the woman. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. We could all learn from her. Um, Mm. What about yourself? Because you, I've seen a picture of your kitchen living room yeah in, in a flo- flawless state <laughs> yeah. flawless is in 
there are no floors. It's absolutely, <laughs> there is no, nothing to walk on. Yeah, so, I mean, currently we're in a, a, a kitchenless existence uh, yeah. doing washing up in the bathtub yeah, and same. we have a microwave that lives upstairs. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like camping. You, you can't see right? this um, because I, I'd rather Emma didn't publish my squalor. Um, but behind me on, on my video right now, you can see the air fryer, the toaster, the microwave. We've got a little tra- <laughs> a little trolley next to me with uh, kitchen essentials. It's all... I'll blur those out. I'll blur those out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we basically have knocked down a wall to make a very tiny kitchen, now part of a kitchen diner. So we're re-plastering all this stuff. Um, and we haven't even ordered the, the kitchen part of things. But I'll go into the kitchen later because we've got all sorts of tips. Um, we, we did our front room... I say we, it's almost exclusively just been my partner, Mark. Um, he gets full credit in the same way that Brian, gets full credit. Um, yeah. And then, so yeah, we redid our lounge in the first mm, second of the Christmas lockdown, like completely took off all of the walls and all of the floor and re-plastered everything. And then upstairs, we used to have three bedrooms, which were not all big enough to really legally be called a bedroom I don't think so we knocked two of them together to make one an actual master bedroom and then this one is now the office slash spare room splash everything else it's now currently kitchen um yeah so basically we're, we're doing a bit like you guys like room by room absolutely gutting it and completely bringing it up to date because our house is very old and everything is broken and was probably last touched in the 60s so you know, there we are. So there we go. That that lays the groundwork. That's where we are. If you're still with us half an hour later, not far off actually. Gonna have to edit this down. Um, if you're still with us, let's actually have a look at some of the things that we can do to, and maybe some of the things that we have done to try and make this very immense period of life a little bit less wasteful for the planet. Where would you like to start? Let's start with. You know what? Let's start with the obvious. Let's start with heating and insulation. Okay. Because there's a lot of things you can do to minimise your energy use and wastage, which also apply if you're renting. Yes. Or if you're living in a house share or Such something. Such as wear a jumper. <laughs> yes, but I was thinking yeah. more. <laughs> um, so according to which, 31% of the average UK household carbon emissions comes from your heating and 9% comes from electricity. So you can basically have an impact on 40% of your household carbon emissions if you switch to a renewable energy supplier. A lot of us can't afford to put solar panels on the roof, but if you can, fantastic. Yeah. Um, if not, get somebody else's solar panels to do the work for you. You know, you get an octopus bulb or good energy. If you listen to episode 55, I think, of the podcast, we spoke to Juliet Davenport, CEO of Good Energy. And you get all your electricity coming from wind and solar and biomass, and often they'll offset the gas as well. Um, and it's such an easy, quick thing to do that we've talked about it so many times. But I'm yep. just going to give it its place here. And if you want like, more um, hands-on things you can do, um, on average, a fifth of a home's heating is lost through the windows. Uh, so you can draft-proof those to reduce heat loss by about 85%, mm. which is wow. massive. You can install draft excluders um, or, or draft protectors on your letterboxes, for example. So like the brushes, which yeah. um, I thought everyone had, but aren't necessarily commonplace. Or you get like little plates behind or like extra boxes and stuff or um, like these peel back seal things I saw. Um, if you've got a fireplace, because everyone loves to keep their original features, mm. such as we've got, you can actually get 
I didn't know these existed, but I think we'll probably get one now. Chimney balloons. <gasps> We've got a chimney balloon. Yeah, I didn't know you could get mm. these. So you inflate them, they sort of block out the um They kind of fill chimney. the cavity, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they fill the cavity because normally the sort of hot cold air interactions, it will pull air straight through the house. So and you can still deflate them when you want to actually light the fire. But make sure you do deflate them before you light the fire. We actually I say we Bryony, because she's very good at this stuff, <laughs> bought this uh, thermal lining paper. Oh, yeah. So you can sort of use it as a base and then paint on top of this thermal lining paper. So it's like got really thin paper and then behind it, it's kind of like a foam, a thermal insulation foam. So it's kind of like wallpaper, but very, very thick. Cool. So you Interesting. wall it up, um, like half a centimetre or something, and then uh, you can paint or wallpaper over the top of that. Oh, that's really cool. Because yeah. if, you've, if you're looking at things like wall insulation like cavity insulation and stuff it does rely on you having cavity walls so if you can do internal wall insulation that just like acts like wallpaper and doesn't get in the way that's a very good idea yeah it's a really good idea Uh, another suggestion is what we've done is well in our bathroom and then we're going to do it in our spare bedroom as well is put some wooden cladding up oh i love your paneling your paneling is nice uh, you you can tell brian that um i have <laughs> so it's, it's mostly for style but it does double up again as more thermal insulation especially well depends how high you go we have it about halfway up the walls mm, super trendy as well super trendy um did you know also back onto windows you can choose a type of glass which has a low emissivity which no, is a term not. that i've learned today and it's basically coated to reflect even more heat back into the room that's Neat. very cool yeah isn't it isn't it just that's pretty cool um and then i guess insulation more on insulation obviously you can insulate your roof we insulated under our floors in the lounge because we've got wooden floors and it was super drafty and really old so we pulled the wooden floors up because we were having to replace some of them anyway and then laid in some um really thick insulation that was made from recycled plastic bottles in between the joists and now that room is much much cozier you can also buy insulation made from like sheep's wool, can't you? Yeah. Uh, there's def- one I found, yeah. like Thermofleece, did you find that one? Yeah. I, I recognise other brands as well. Um, Some of it's even made from things like recycled wood pulp. Because, you know, we've, when we talked about recycling, like there's only so many times that wood pulp can be recycled mm. um, before it completely loses all its consistency. So you can get things like old newspapers and recycled wood pulp being then used as house insulation, which I think is pretty neat. Hmm. Should, we, should we stay on the theme of wood? Absolutely. So some 5 million um, tonnes of waste wood are generated in the UK every single year. And of that 5 million tonnes of waste wood, 1.4 million tonnes are recycled, but the other 3.6 are generally burned or sent to landfill. Now, we can do better than that, okay? Yes, we can. So I would say, first of all, if you're getting rid of furniture, why not see if you can reuse that wood for any reason? So it might be that you need to get a saw or some sort of multi-tool or something to cut with, maybe your bare hands and teeth. <laughs> it might it's be a really insight into how Lloyd made his wooden cladding for the bathroom. <laughs> yes. Perhaps you can recut it into more useful squares or uh, shapes. And if you're not that comfortable doing things with it, perhaps that could go to someone else. Our local tip, sorry, recycling centre, has a section exclusively for wood, which is sort of too good to throw away or is oh, pretty much good. still in shape in some way. Mm. So you don't necessarily need to throw it into the wood recycling skip. It can go mm. into this little area and then someone else comes along. If it's like a you know, chest of drawers or just a door or something, someone else can come along and take that away, uh, which I think is really useful. And generally, if you're buying wood, such as our wooden panelling, 
FSC certified logo mm-hmm. for sure. Um, as we heard with our episode with the Woodland Trust, with Joe Middleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then secondly, the other thing you could do is not buy it new, but buy it secondhand. Yes, absolutely. Are you talking like bits of wood or are you talking like furniture? Bits of wood, furniture, panelling. We bought floorboards secondhand from a house, which was, yeah, so in our front lounge, because we've got the old original floorboards, our house is about 150 years old. I wanted to keep some of them to have some of the character and also not use so many new resources, but like some of them got so bashed up and some of them, somebody just like cut a a hole into three of them to get to some of the pipe work underneath instead of just taking up the floorboards. Um, so they were all a bit mismatched or whatever. So we couldn't get into a reclamation yard because COVID. Um, but I would recommend looking at reclamation yards for things like floorboards and old bricks and anything that looks a bit heritage and you want it to keep if you've got an old house for it to still look kind of the same. Um, yeah, so we found a house in Bristol that was being redone and they had floorboards of the same age and they were also Victorian pine. So we bought some of their old floorboards. Oh, that's awesome. And fitted those in. That's very So good. stuff like that, having a look at what's going on in the community, like Facebook Marketplace is just yeah, Facebook such an amazing Gumtree. good tool. Yeah. Um, also we're saying FreeCycle. Yes, FreeCycle is so good. So uh, generally is, is, is sort of like similar to Marketplace and Gumtree, except everything's just free. And mm. people are giving things away. <laughs> I went on there earlier and there were things ranging from literally a cupboard knob. <laughs> so a, a, a single knob for a cupboard up Great. to you know whole desks and chests of drawers and things that people mm. want to see given a new home yeah it's quite heartwarming it's, it does give me a little bit of hope when you see how many people are would like things yeah. to be given a new home and not just you know binned as of yeah yeah i mean pop on youtube as well because there are so many tutorials for how you can rework furniture, restore yeah, things. Get some recycling uh, and some upcycling yeah. going. That's that, Well, that's one of the other things. That was one of the things we was, I was going to say when we segue into kitchens. Um, sometimes the things that you have, maybe you just don't like them because they don't look right. Or or also if you're like renting and you can't do major works, the landlord might be more likely to agree to, do you mind if I repaint these cabinets? And yeah, gives yeah. the kitchen a whole new feel. For sure. Or, you know, you can repaint your dining table or your chest of drawers or whatever to make it fit. It feels like a whole new item, still functionally exactly the same. It just it just fits better and you haven't had to go and find something new or, or anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can also, I mean, we had decking put in and we had leftover decking boards. So those are being turned into planters. Very uh, nice. Standard. Um, we <laughs> are also, I mean, we, we've also used scaffolding boards. My um, veg boxes are all scaffolding boards, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, to turn into planters and also shelves. Um, just cut into like sections and you can buy the brackets separately. Mm. Oh, or my desk maybe is... Um, brackets somewhere in your house. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just in the loft. Uh, my desk is um, old scaffold boards. Did you make it yourself or did you buy it? I did not. I paid somebody in Bristol. But it was like Bristol that's what I to wood do. recycling got... project. They take loads of old wood and they make amazing pieces out of it. So I got them to make me I'm a nice desk. Literally this second. Um, They're really cool. I've got... If anyone lives in Bristol, go to Bristol Wood Recycling Project. It's so cool. It's like Whole Foods, but for people who are home renovating. <laughs> so I've just put that Google search in now so I remember. Um, I actually want to do the same. I want to turn some scaffolding boards that we've got into a desk. Oh, nice. What wants the residual chaos from elsewhere is, you know, subsided yeah. a bit. I look forward to seeing your handiwork. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> see how that goes. Um, so yeah, there's loads of things you can do uh, in terms of wood. Oh, one thing on wood. You you have a real fire, don't you? We do have a real fire, yes. Where'd you get your firewood from? 
I don't know. We haven't bought any in ages. We've got a stack of it, which has become more of a feature wall. Oh, to be fair, that does, look, that does look fab. Yeah. Well, so th- this is one of the things. So we were thinking of, because we've got old fireplaces. And so one of the things we were thinking of was, oh, we'd love a, a nice hearty warming fire in mm. the winter. Uh, anyway, basically, it was going to be far too expensive to try and get our chimney refitted. Uh, the wooden joists in the floor were running directly into the fireplace, which wasn't even concreted in and all this stuff. And we were like, yeah, maybe we don't need to do this. Um, so we bought secondhand um, a little cast iron electric fake log burner. Very it looks cool. so good. And you just press a little button and it pings on and it does lights and it does flames. Um, and it also does heat. But it, it doesn't, you don't have to have the heat, so you can just have the ambiance in the winter. Yeah, and yeah. I get well smug about it because my house is running on renewable energy. So my little fakey fire is also running on solar power, which is really cool. That's freaking adorable. Yeah, I love second that. hand and all. Can't believe someone was getting rid of it. It's great. Also worth saying is Friends of the Earth have a very good classification system on their website um, for how sustainable and how endangered different species of trees are that produce oh, nice. wood. Uh, so if you're in doubt about the type of wood you're getting, you can have a little scroll down and, and, and compare, which is quite a nice, useful tool. Very nice. Should we um, sojourn from the lounge to the kitchen, perhaps? Mm, yes. Both of our current worst... Uh, nightmares the kitchen Um, yes i think what what would you like to say about uh, the the devil's room well we you know we've mentioned repainting doors we've Mm -hmm. mentioned giving away or getting rid of i think it's been one of our one good things several times like getting yeah 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 Um, because quite often the cabinets are still usable in some way Mm. um, unless you know you've really had temp problems or something so Mm. i mean i completely understand someone wanting a new kitchen which is what we've done um so if you can't see if anyone locally um, Pass them along. Would, would like the cabinets as they are before you um, do too much damage to them. Mm. And I actually um, went to IKEA recently because that mm-hmm. is the mecca for home decoration, is it not? Um, and they have, at the very least, been shouting about quite a lot, moving towards a kind of more of a circular model. And they've adopted this secondhand buyback system, yeah, which I, I haven't this, used yeah. and tried, so this isn't tried and tested. But um, it sounds very cool. So any IKEA furniture that you have that you don't want anymore, you can take back to IKEA. You can get like a quote online f- for how much they would give it to you. Then in store, they check that it's the quality that you've said it is. And you can get a voucher for up to half of its original value to then use in store. So if, you're, if you've got some old IKEA stuff and you're planning on updating your new IKEA yeah. stuff, you could try and use that. And, and they they reckon that they, you know, recycle and reuse all of it that's awesome do they pick it up for you or do you have to take it in yourself i think you've got to take it in okay i'm just wondering because obviously like larger sofas and stuff isn't always oh god yeah feasible i don't know i might have to check actually they might i feel like they should have a a pickup system Hmm. yeah yeah but apparently in 2019 ikea gave 47 million recovered products a second life so either reselling or recycling which is pretty good and i mean for something as big as ikea I think the idea of actually fully going circular as they apparently want to do by 2030 is probably quite a mammoth task. But I like the fact that they're going about shouting for it and making way and hopefully opening up doors for other massive industries such as themselves to um, to do similar good things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Mm. So the big thing for kitchens for us at the moment is appliances. And appliances are yeah. one of the uh, the one of these themes of the episode, one of these categories where you actually can do quite a lot. 
to change how much energy buying you appliances use. that are very yeah. energy efficient yes or buying secondhand yes that's a good point or even having a new appliance that you didn't have before so how do you wash your dishes lloyd what's your plate cleaning routine mm, often pop it in the dishwasher but i'm not averse to a bit of hand washing nice in sync i mean at the moment in the bath but <laughs> uh, yeah at the moment, we're currently also washing. We're bathing with them in yeah. the bath. Um, so in so we don't yeah we don't have a dishwasher, but have been thinking about putting a dishwasher in in the new kitchen, mostly because I hate washing up. Uh, and then it turns out there is an environmental argument for me to buy a dishwasher. Yes. yes. So in two thousand and twenty, uh, which found that basically dishwashers per kind of plate are can be around four times more water efficient than washing by hand um because obviously you pack way more into a dishwasher provided you're running it full than yeah uh, into your little your little bowl or in, in our case a bath but one of the other things they spotted was that actually a full-size dishwasher is more water efficient often than a slim dishwasher yeah and then also if you do run it full they found that dishwashers are more likely more energy efficient as well as water efficient than multiple hand washes um, although of course your environmental impact depends on like your energy source and what it is you're using to heat your water so you know i mean gas is often cheaper if you're running a gas boiler but electric is better for the planet and you know if you're on a renewable energy yeah, provider good. it's um, all it's all very up in the air i'm glad because we always bring a dishwasher back in um so it's, it's good to know that uh, my laziness can actually be passed off as hmm. eco-friendliness and also, I found a fun a fun fact. You should, if you can, run your dishwasher and your washing machine and your laundry and all that at night because then you're not going to contribute to the peak energy demands of normal times when everybody else is doing That's it. So if idea. you... I mean, I can hear our, our washing machine clunks quite loudly. Um, it's not really something I want going at night, but this is quite a cool concept. If you can't hear your washing machine, it's not going to keep you up at night. Yeah, that's awesome. Hmm. All right, so... Um we're going to move on. I mean, what do you have in kitchens? Food. Energy efficient appliances. Walls, obviously. Obviously, you have walls in your kitchen. Um, that leads us very naturally and effortlessly into our next segment on paint. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, um, we all have a good bit of painting. That's probably the, the most DIY-rated stuff a lot of us have done. Um, mm. It certainly was for me before all of this. Um but there are, there are a couple of things you can consider when yes, choosing your paint beyond what colour do I want, Yes, which is quite cool. So um, if, we're, if we're looking at paint through an environmental lens, what you do want to look out for and the sort of thing you want to go for is a water-based paint with natural pigments. Often it's been made from sustainable products, non-toxic ingredients and manufactured in ways that have been considered, the environment has been considered instead of um, things like oil-based ones, because a lot of those uh, will release things called volatile organic compounds, VOCs, which I think we talked about in our air pollution episode in terms of we internal have, air pollution. Yeah, they can yeah. be quite irritant, particularly, as one article I read said, now that we're all working from home. Uh, I don't know how long they come off of yeah, after I'm not, you've painted, repainted I, I, I the wouldn't house. Take that you were, gospel. I don't think um, that's... There are suggestions they do harm our health. Because because they supposedly evaporate at room temperature, um, yeah. what what they do, but I don't think there's been any studies, as far as I know, mm. on exactly whether that's you know directly harming us. However, it still makes sense to go for low or non VOC containing paints if you can. 
there are actually quite a few eco brands actually if you just search for sustainable paints mm. um, there are all different companies whether they use like natural pigments like you said or like their um, paint cans are made sustainably there was one company i found where the paints are shipped on containers that would like shipping containers that would otherwise be empty or something um, oh right okay but yeah I'll, I'll maybe just put up a list that i found uh, from the evening standard where they sort of collected a few different brands i knew i knew you would have read that one as well oh really that was fine too yeah <laughs> oh, Every, everyone's so favorite everyone's favorite farrow and ball did make it into this list i yes. can hear you all breathing a sigh of relief that everyone's favorite stupidly expensive paint uh yeah it's based actually where my parents live near uh near near, near wimborne um it's yeah low voc but also all of the dry waste from the manufacturing process is recycled or it's used to make energy and 97 percent of the liquid waste is apparently also recycled which yeah is I, cool. I thought it was quite cool there's another brand called ico that made that list mm. um manufactured in iceland and sweden using geothermal or hydropower energy cool isn't it and, and apparently they're carbon positive yeah which, which is, is quite a feat it's quite a claim, quite a claim. And um, another one that wasn't on the list, but I did find elsewhere was Lick, which are the new one that I don't yeah, know about you, yeah, we, but like, I'm getting a, a silly amount of Instagram adverts for because they've known that I've Googled DIY things or whatever. Um, they yeah, they send you very satisfying tester sheets to put on your walls because they're yeah, very matted. Yeah, that you just peel and stick them on yeah, instead of having to paint them. they've got a very nice matte feel to them. Um, yeah. What I would anyway, say this is, is sponsored by. Lick. Yeah, what I would say is um, little tips like uh, wash your paintbrushes as soon as you can to avoid um, what I've done in the past, where you just sort of wrap them in cling film, forget about them, and then um, find them a month later. Find them a month later, so encrusted that no amount of paint remover will get rid of it, and you have to buy new ones. Yeah, that's not great. Um, no. You can buy paintbrushes that are, are wood-based rather than plastic. Mm-hmm. Great. Again, look for the ones that are FSC certified. Um, I would say if you can, try and buy paint rollers and paint rolling trays that are the sturdier ones. Even if they're plastic, buy the sturdier ones because you can buy disposable ones, which you know are very thin and people, yeah, um, which tend to be thrown that out. Sounds very like quickly. a disaster with paint, it's, to be honest. Yes, uh, well, they, you can't just like leave them to dry and then you throw them out, which isn't great. So it's about the thick ones, and then just get some like paint remover or a white spear or something, and clean it down with a, with a good good brush. Mm. So yeah, I mean, a lot of the more eco friendly paints are a bit more expensive. I do accept that, um, but definitely worth looking into. Yeah, if you've got the thing, I think if you've got the financial flexibility to make these decisions, do do have a little look. Um, but often, you know, once you've done it once, it, it's done for a long time. To you know, paint is not very often a repeat purchase. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, in my in my travels through the internet, um, I did find two what would be, I think, quite useful tools if you're at the start of your like home renovation or energy insulating, home improvementing general yeah. journey. Um, one of the things we talked about a little bit here is water waste. And I think I did mention it before, but savewatersavemoney.com. You can pop in your postcode and your local water provider very often will send you some kind of free item to help you reduce your water usage. So something like a cistern block or like a low flow shower head that reduces how much water you use um, can be one quite great way, especially if you're in a rented property to have some control over yeah, the excellent. footprint generally of your house. But also simpleenergyadvice.org.uk literally does what it says on the disposable tin. Um, it's full of great advice on, on insulating your home and reducing your energy bills and greening up your home. But 
what was most useful is that it does have a system where you can pop in your postcode and answer some questions about yourself and it will help you find local grants that you might be eligible for which can help you out with your home insulation because the government used to have a brilliant green homes grant oh, i don't know if it's brilliant but it was relatively comprehensive it was something um it, it existed um which would help you make improvements to your home and it would cover like two-thirds of your cost of things like loft insulation new doors new windows um even like air source heat pumps it would give you quite a lot for and it ended in march this year which is very frustrating so while i was trying to look for other solutions simple energy advice to uk came up and it, yeah it might be a useful tool to have a little look and see if there's anything locally uh, that could you know chuck you a couple of quid to help you fill your wall cavities and stuff excellent because it is an um, expensive thing sorting out a house is just absurd yeah, it's a sure. money pit so any help we can get is useful exactly what i would like to very quickly talk about as well before we wrap up is Mm. um power tools and things like that we all tend to buy new ones i know we have um but quite often you just won't use them more than once or twice on your projects so i would definitely recommend looking into uh some companies hire out tools um sometimes it'd be quite expensive though depending on what you're getting Mm. so another option is to look out for library of things so sometimes depending on where you are, there might be a library of things. I think there's one near you, Emma. I'm looking at a list. Oh, right, um, okay. There's one in Froome, which I think is quite near That's, that's clear, near enough. What's, yeah. a, what's a library of things? I've not heard so of this. It's, well, it's a library, but of things. So not necessarily okay. books, Crystal but other clear. items. Um, there is one that's going to open up in Swansea, I think, actually, for power tools in particular. So you can go in and say, I really need a drill. And then you, I, I, depending on the format, you might pay a membership fee or you might pay a very small fee at the time. And then you just like, borrow the drill for two weeks and then bring it back afterwards so there's a little site i literally just found called localtools.org and it'll help you find a local tool lending library oh cool i I reckon there are other websites to find these things if you just search in tool library there's one in like edinburgh for example there's one in belfast and london and all sorts so Mm. have see if there is one near you but it's quite a rare thing but they're starting to pop up more or quite often you will get if you crack onto facebook or something you might get local carpentry groups or people that really like um upcycling or you know some sort of community groups quite often they will have tools and they will help you out building things or they might be able to lend you stuff that way that's 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 a really good thought we are accumulating a silly amount of t- not silly because they all get a lot of use um because we, we haven't got anyone in to do anything my partner's been learning how to do everything and absolutely loving that process i'm incredibly lucky because he's very good at it um but it does mean that we could fill a room with the amount of power tools that we now own and i'm constantly tripping over like drills and angle grinders and things that look identical but apparently have totally different functions um so maybe we could set up our own hiring service of all of our tools at the end of this actually but that's a really good point or if you've just got a mate that lives nearby yeah who who is handy or has done something similar um you could always just share and borrow and and all these things because yeah sometimes hiring is really expensive we hired like a a proper big sander to try and um sand our floorboards and it was very pricey yes they do get pricey but yeah that's Mm. definitely something to look into um other than that i think we'll leave it there otherwise um We'll just talk endlessly about our problems. 
Has this been helpful for you? Do you feel it's been therapeutic or is it really oh, just it sending has. you back down the rabbit hole of, oh my God. It's been therapeutic, but also there are things where I'm like, oh, I wish I'd done that in the first place. There are, there are quite a few things where I was like, oh, I could have thought about that at the time. Yeah. But yeah. Some, you know what? There's always a trade-off between I'm exhausted or I'm broke. And sometimes they also have to factor into how sustainable a decision you can make because we can't be perfect all the time. Um, we're not all on grand designs. We haven't got like, you know, hundred grand budgets. And also, um, I'm sorry, but everyone on grand designs always think they, they might have a hundred grand budget, but they always like double their spend as well. None of uh, them ever come in under budget on grand designs. It's, it's bizarre as well because you just get like someone who's building the house from scratch and they're like, oh, we ran out of money so we couldn't pay the builders. So I learned how to lay foundations myself. It's like, how the hell do you learn to lay foundations That's exactly, I'm sorry, but that is my part. That is Mark to a T. Mark would be like, listen, I've stayed up all night and I've watched 27 hours of YouTube videos and I'm fairly confident that I can re-roof a house. It, anything. He will just watch videos and be like, ah, oh, see, I've watched enough of it now. I can definitely do I'm, this. I'm the opposite. I'll watch one hour of YouTube videos and then think, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> well, eventually, we'll be able to podcast together in one of our newly renovated homes. Or we'll have all given up and we'll just move to a commune. Ooh. What, where we all like water our tomato plants with our grey water? Yes. Mm, nice. All right, well, look out for that, listeners. On that very exciting note... Uh, we'll leave you there. Don't forget to send us your book recommendations. Yep, book recommendations uh, your useful also. green parenting tips. Yep. Oh, please. Your one good things. DIY tips. Have you done any room renovations lately? Have you laid any foundations, physical or, you know, metaphorical? Mm. Um, <laughs> let us know how it's gone. Um, we've got Facebook and Insta and Twitter and emails and all sorts, uh, which you can... Yeah, Chippy just search for Ford at Earth podcast. Yeah. Hopefully, find us. Drop us an email. Uh, was it Ford at pod at gmail.com? Yes, please. Yes, please do. And uh, we always say, of course, that all the opinions and words that evaporate from our mouths come from ourselves <laughs> and not from any employers um, or anyone else. They're all ours. Um, so, yeah, other than that, thanks for listening to our ramblings. Um, this was much cheaper than real therapy. I do hope I'm gonna I'm gonna go and edit it this evening, and I do hope that this is actually going to be a useful piece of content, and yep. not just you and I descending into uh, dust dusty home yep. induced chaos. The, the, the crackling you can hear is our tears hitting the mics. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> bye. See you. Bye.